Welcome to Account Trends, everybody. I'm Jason Stein with Intuit Accountants. My co-host, David Bergstein, and I are excited to be with you every couple of weeks to share the latest news, interesting perspectives, and hottest trends in the tax and accounting world. We'll have special guests on the show to help break these trends down and give you food for thought as you find new ways to deliver for your clients. But most importantly, we plan on having some fun while doing it. Welcome. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to Account Trends. We have a very special guest with us today, Dr. Sean Stein-Smith. Welcome. Awesome, Jason. Thank you. We're so glad to have you here today. We're so glad. So uh, Sean is an expert in cryptocurrency, which is quite an interesting topic these days. Uh, and, and so, Sean, you know, let's just ground on what this is. I, I feel like I know very little about this whole concept of what cryptocurrency even is. Could you give us the the Cliff Notes version of what is what is this? Absolutely. And probably the best way to try to summarize what crypto is is to first sort of uh, outline the fact that that the that that the word cryptocurrency is a broad term, right? That it covers 10,000 coins, tokens, assets out, right? And to really hone in on the idea, right? The best example of a cryptocurrency was built to be is Bitcoin, right? It's the biggest, baddest one out there. Uh, everyone knows about it, but it was basically built to be a private form, a alternative form of, uh, of payments, banking to basically allow institutions and individuals to conduct transactions on a peer-to-peer basis without having to use a bank, a PayPal, or any other third party in there to help them process transactions. Now, it hasn't quite gone that way, right? Because Bitcoin, it's the biggest, baddest one out there, but there are all kinds of now privately issued coins and and tokens governed by individual companies out there. Tether, Paxos, who issue coins backed by underlying assets. And so it really de- de- depends on what type of crypto you are trying to understand. But at, at the very, very uh, base level, crypto was built to be used as an alternate way for individuals and institutions to conduct transactions. Would you say it was built to bypass the financial system? Yes, uh, yes, absolutely right. It was. But, it was built. Go ahead. It was built to run outside the financial system. Yet the mainstream seems to be pulling it in now. Is that what's happening? Yes, I mean, uh, so the idea of it it was to bypass banks, bypass governments, bypass uh, sort of payment processors. Every major banking institution payment processor from PayPal, Visa, MasterCard, Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan, everybody is now actively either trading crypto, owning crypto, offer, offering crypto services to their clients and uh, external customers. One, one uh, the asset value of the whole sector has increased. It's over a $2 trillion asset class right now, David. And then two, there are quantitative uh, upsides to having blockchain-based payments. So, so where do you where do you see the world going? 
I know IRS is trying to change the rules now. Congress buried something in the new act uh, about it. You know, what do you see? Jason and I are just novices here. What, what do you see is really happening with cryptocurrency? Will it be a form of payment that people are going to start to get involved with secretly? Or will the IRS change that? What do you see? Sure. So in terms of the current state of enforcement out there, it really is still a uh, hodgepodge out there, right? Uh, as you outlined, the IRS has been quite active in terms of trying to enforce current tax rules um, to try to collect any income taxes owed, right? From individuals, from institutions, high net worth individuals, trading platforms out there. They've been extremely active on that front. And then, yes, there also is this, this two-page clause in the 2,700-page bill uh, dealing with hard infrastructure, soft infrastructure, all the rest linked to basically what type of institutions have to report in terms of if you do process transactions linked to any crypto assets, how much compliance are you on the hook for? And obviously, all of that is still, you know, uh, a open item and a hot topic, and it's and it is causing uh, headaches and agita. But ultimately, right, if you are trying to view over the three, five, twenty-year term, uh, you know, having more compliance, more frameworks, and more consistent enforcement of those rules is a good sign overall, right? Because in in order to ever go mainstream. In order for any crypto to actually ever be used as currency, because right now, don't forget, every single transaction is a income tax uh, event. In order for any crypto to actually be classified as crypto, it has to be understood by the policymakers, right? At the IRS, at the SEC, the OCC, the Treasury, everybody has to be comfortable with it. And so, obviously, there are some, let's say, growing pains right now. In terms of trying to educate policymakers on the issues, but ultimately having more transparency and more um, consistent frameworks out there is going to help crypto be, move more and more out of the fringe and into the mainstream. Interesting. And, and I, so, as I'm trying to wrap my head around this, it's a currency. Uh, it, it's not backed by any financial institution. It's not backed by any government. It's backed by blockchain, right? Yes. So, so if I'm talking about Bitcoin, right? Bitcoin or Ether, right? Are not backed by anything, right? Air quotes here, right? They aren't backed by anything outside of the underlying value and the underlying programming of the blockchain. Correct. But ultimately, is any currency backed by anything right now? <laughs> Fair is, point. <laughs> it, right? Is is the dollar backed by anything outside of the full faith and credit of the U.S. government, which, depending on who is asked, could be worse or improved as of late? So, um, so, and again, Jason, you know, if if I'm talking of on Bitcoin or Ether, right? They are decentralized, untethered, unconnected to any institution. But there are many other coins and tokens, right? Uh, uh, stable coins. Who are issued by private entities? Who, 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 for each coin issued, have a dollar on deposit at a FDIC-insured bank. So, mm -hmm. it, so it all comes down to which type of crypto are you talking about? 
I see. So there are d- various ways that this is being handled, but it's uh, it's really just like so people are like spinning off their own currencies essentially. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are there are any number of coins, tokens, currencies out there that anybody can can make mint or mine online in in as little as uh, twenty minutes. Well, it's kind of you know it kind of makes me think of a concept. Tell me if this is off base or not, but. Like when I think about going to Dave and Buster's or main event and you pay to get tokens that get used on the games, right? You're you're basically playing into their own currency system that they've created uh, that ties back to the dollar that you've spent. Uh, and then you can use their currency to buy the prizes when you're done playing with the games and you get your tickets, right? Um, but is, is that an oversimplified definition? No, I mean, actually... Um... I would argue personally that the concept of tokens at a arcade, Dave and Buster's, airline miles, you know, that that as I convert fiat dollars into this coin or token, I can use it in the ecosystem, right, of the issuing entity, but I can also then cash out of those tokens back into uh, fiat. Now the now the true test here ultimately is going to be is is actually can I take these tokens and use them at any external uh, uh, businesses, right? So, so, so if I have dollars and I buy SSS coin, great. Am I able to ever take that SSS coin uh, out to the mall with me and actually pay for external goods and services with it? Because until that time, these currencies aren't going to function as currencies, right? Because right. because it's called cryptocurrency. But it isn't really being used by most individuals as a currency, air quotes here, to go buy external goods and services yet. So say more about that. What what value does this actually bring? Why why would anyone want to use it for as a currency? And if they're not using it as a currency, what are they using it for? Sure. So so in terms of the uh, economic value here, if you're if you are a believer in the idea of uh, Bitcoin, right? In the ethos of Bitcoin, which has which has a bit of a cypherpunk libertarian background, but the whole idea of it is part of its upside, right? Right. It's a decentralized form of money, not under the influence of any policymakers, of any government officials who can print trillions of dollars overnight. Right. So there isn't that sort of core group who's always going to be interested in this space. And uh, most of those individuals are 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 hodlers, right? Holding on for dear life onto Bitcoin, and so aren't using it as a currency alternative. And ultimately, most institutions and most individuals right now who are buying Bitcoin, holding Bitcoin, are not using it as a currency, but are rather holding it as a asset, right? So it's basically turning into Bitcoin and everything else, right? Bitcoin is really its own asset class at this point, right? It could change. But then all of these other coins and tokens, be they privately issued, be they otherwise made, are the coins and tokens that are actually being used for transactional purposes because they don't have as much price volatility linked uh, on them. Interesting. It's like everyone's bartering uh, that nobody knows about it. And that's why the IRS is getting involved with it. Because if you have Bitcoin and you sell it, Nobody knows the gain or loss on it or any of the other ones that you're using. It's will a group accept it? And you're exchanging services and the value circulates within that chain, I guess. The only people yeah. that'll accept it are the ones in the chain. 
Well, yeah, I mean, so it so it has become quite a bit easier, I would say, since 2018, really, but but especially now, uh, to actually take payment in the form of Bitcoin or any of the other crypto out there. Uh, I know uh, Gilded and uh, and just in full transparency, I am on their board. Gilded is an excellent example of this application. Basically, their whole business model is to serve as the back office to help to help companies process payments in Bitcoin and other crypto assets, right? But there's Gilded, BitPay, a whole host of other companies whose entire model and operational sort of uh, being is to help companies take payments in crypto and to actually track those those uh, those basis levels, gains, losses, all the rest. So yes, it's it's um, it is complicated, um, uh, but there are firms out there, and there are firms that actually focus only on the income tax side. Coin Tracker, Veriday, Luca. I mean, there are a whole host of really bookkeeping, accounting, tax firms out there honing in on this uh, exact issue, David, to, well, to try to break out of this ecosystem. Let me let me ask you a general question, uh, which should apply to all the Intuit people, Intuit users, customers. We're accountants, we're CPAs, we're helping our clients achieve more profitability, solvency, liquidity. They come to us, what do we really got to tell them about that? They, you know, they have money, they want to do things. What do we tell them about Bitcoin? What should we tell them? And we're not, we're not holding you as a wealth advisor. You don't have to do that, right? <laughs> sure. I was going to say, right, um, uh, any comments here shouldn't be taken as uh, wealth advisory uh, tips. So. Uh, what what I would say off the top is, you know, if you are not informed on the subject, don't act as if you are, right? You know, go hire somebody uh, or you know, work with them in some way to try to get your client in front of a person who is who is more well informed on this area. Now, if you are well informed, if you're an expert, if you're a, a active user of Bitcoin and other crypto. Basically, a good rule of thumb that I've heard quite a bit lately is that basically for the average investor, right, Main Street investor, non-expert, non-crypto, you know, hardcore fan, is to basically treat crypto uh, allocation as if you were investing in commodities, gold, or, or other hard assets and to basically weigh it that way in your overall uh, investment allocation. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was getting from that too. That's a perfect question, David. <clears throat> because it, it seems like while while it was sort of created to be a currency uh, and will potentially uh, play in that space, especially with the uh, help from organizations like like the ones you described earlier, the one that you sit on the board for, uh, right now it's really just an investment vehicle is the way that people are looking at it. Uh, which has tax implications as well, right? If you you go to sell your Bitcoin, the gains that you had, you know, from that are are taxable events, and so um, it kind of makes sense that the IRS is is looking into this more and trying to figure out. But the thing that's interesting is, um, you know, the IRS relies a lot on financial institutions and so forth to report on the back end what's going on with people's transactions. And this bypasses that, right? So where's the checks and balance here? So that's true, but it's also not as true as it had been probably back in 2016-2017, right, Jason? Because the IRS has actually spent quite a bit of money and time and effort partnering directly with, with actually quite a few firms 
in the private sector. I know of at least two crypto tax companies who were brought in into the IRS to help them build out their own crypto tracking software. And they've and they've really over the last couple of years put a lot of effort into being uh, up to speed. And I would say that their enforcement efforts, both on individuals, right, and on institutions, Kraken, Coinbase, uh, Circle, over the last couple of years, really does show how much they've they've caught up to the ecosystem. And and also, right, with with Coinbase going public, right. Um, there is this trend now that everybody operating in this area wants to be considered on the up and up, right? And in, and in order to operate in this area, in the payment processing and financial transaction space, you know, you have to be in compliance under IRS guidelines, SEC rules, OCC rules, and the whole uh, alphabet soup gang. So I would say that, yeah, that absolutely there there is opportunity to to be doing some tax avoidance here, but that is not as easy nor as common now as I would argue that it that it uh, had been previously. Okay, all right, helpful. Uh, so last question, I think we'll, we'll wrap things up after this. You know, one of the things that that is sort of uh, a stigma about crypto is its volatility. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's, we, we touched on it earlier, right? It's not backed by a government agency, you know, granted, take that for what it's worth, but you know, it's not FDIC insured per se, unless it's through this private equity that, that has done it, you know, because that's how they're creating their Bitcoin currency. So what is the biggest risk involved in this whole space? Uh, what what I would say there is that there are two, I would say, big risks out there. One is that the introduction of a government-backed crypto, a CBDC, central bank digital currency, has the uh, possibility to really uh, upset the apple cart in terms of if we have a crypto dollar out there that businesses and individuals can use, and it's easy, convenient, and it's treated as currency for income tax purposes, that could ultimately take quite a bit of capital away from all of these other privately issued uh, stablecoins who are trying to sort of get there right now, right? So the introduction of that. And then two, the, I would say the more obvious risk is that the compliance and uh, regulation, both here in the US and internationally, really does hammer down. Now, I would not say that, that they are going to make crypto obsolete. Because it's a two trillion dollar industry, but they could make it so structured and impose um, so much compliance on the area that it really does drive the entrepreneurs and the capital out of the U.S. and into other areas of the world, right? Because blockchain and crypto are not are not linked to NYC, but they aren't linked to uh, Wall Street or anywhere else. So it's a global business. And I think that's something that, as we're arguing here in the US, right, uh, uh, down in uh, Washington, uh, in the Congress at the White House, I think having that in mind, that blockchain and crypto are the future uh, pipes for how transactions are going to happen. And so it's really, really critical that as you try to make policies that are popular now, that are consistent with the policymakers, 
personal beliefs on these issues that we don't undermine the the future uh, innovation and the future creativity that is going to be ultimately, I think, needed to keep the uh, uh, U.S. dollar up at the top tier of being a global uh, reserve asset. Right. Interesting. Well, there you have it, folks. Hopefully you've learned a little bit about crypto today. I know I certainly have. Uh, well, Sean, we really appreciate you being here today. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely, Jason. So uh, that's all we have for you today, folks. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Please follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you like what you heard, please leave us a five-star review. If you want to learn more about any of the topics discussed on the show, visit intuitaccountants.com forward slash podcast. Account Trends is produced and edited by Luke Johnston. Copyright Intuit 2022.